the oil and gas industry, the home of innovation, cutting edge technology, and the extraordinary people who make it all happen. Together, we're powering the world. Here are the stories of business builders who are leading the way in the energy sector. This is Zebra Marketing Solutions Oil and Gas Business Builders Podcast, where we explore the real experiences of today's leaders in business growth with key takeaways to start implementing right now in our own companies. And now here is your host, Laura Kamrath. Hi, David. How are you? Welcome uh, to the Oil and Gas Business Builders podcast. Thank you, Laura. Happy to be here. Awesome. I'm glad you could join us. So, uh, David, really uh, glad to have you on the show. I'm going to introduce you with your bio. Just let everybody know who you are and um, why I'm so excited to interview you on today's show. Uh, so David Pruner, he is a partner in Hydric and Struggles, Houston office, and a member of the industrial practice specializing in the energy sector, focusing on senior executive and board level searches in the oil and gas industry. David brings more than 25 years of significant energy experience and is focused on the growing segment of private equity-backed energy firms. He spent the past 12 years at Wood Mackenzie, a leading global consulting and research firm for the energy, metals, and mining industries, where he served as senior vice president in consulting and account management. Prior to that, he served as an executive at Azurix Enron, the Coastal Corporation, and several other energy firms. Earlier in his career, David worked in financial services as treasurer and director of sales at Bridgewater Associates and in the energy division of Manufacturers Hanover Trust. David is active in the community where he serves on the board of the Greater Houston Community Foundation, the Houston Symphony, and Southern Methodist University Dedman College. David received a bachelor's in psychology from Southern Methodist University and a master's in finance from the A.B. Freeman School of Business, Tulane University. A frequent presenter at industry events, David also is an adjunct professor at the Jones Graduate School of Business at Rice University. So that's a very impressive bio, David. Um, How would you say that you um, got to where you are now or or what has led you down this path? Um, And tell us a little bit about what you're currently doing now. Um, Thanks, Laura. And yeah, my current role is partner in charge of Hydrogen Struggles. We're one of the kind of big four top global search firms. I run the Houston office and run their infrastructure practice here in uh, the U.S., And for me, a little bit of a um, serpentine path to where I ended up today, but it's fun that it's brought together all the skills I've kind of learned along the way. But I've always generally been in energy or finance most of my entire career and had a chance to see a lot of companies grow from scratch or early days. I tend to uh, really enjoy growth companies. Um, And at the same time, have found that the probably area that has helped me the most is from being in and around the business of energy. I now can put all that to work at Hydric along with um, the kind of search skills or call it interview assessment skills that I've developed over the years that it's all come together here. I've been doing it for five years and really enjoy the job. That's awesome. So I wanted to ask you a couple of questions um, as I've uh, let you know. 
the Oil and Gas Business Builders podcast is uh, for business professionals, uh, leaders in marketing, sales, business growth. And, um, you know, the purpose is really to help people grow their businesses. So I have a couple of questions for you today just about um, the climate. Uh, you know, things have been kind of unprecedented in the days of COVID-19 and demand crisis and, you know, oil prices crashing to uh, unprecedented negative levels. Um, so I just wanted to ask you the first question, what are the long-term impacts that you foresee for this downturn on oil and gas and uh, for your businesses and the businesses of others in industry? Yeah, for energy, what we're seeing is that COVID has turned out to be kind of an accelerator uh, or a, of, of the development of the energy industry going forward. So things that we think normally would have happened have been the time frame has been condensed. So what we're seeing is is the move away from hydrocarbons more into renewable, lower carbon footprint type energy that also um, better meets some of the ESG characteristics that people are wanting to see investors and others in the market. That process is being accelerated. Um, and don't get me wrong, energy demand will still grow globally in both gas and oil. But the problem is, is the um, returns on that and also the kind of social headwinds on that returns are down and the headwinds are increasing is just going to push us into a greener world more quickly than I think most of us would have gone ahead and seen. It's going to be a long time. I mean, we won't see peak oil or peak gas for years or probably more likely decades before it starts to decline. But we, the growth areas for energy are obviously more on the renewable side at the end of the day. And in general, just um, the movement to more virtual work and companies has become a much bigger deal. We are now hiring people for executives for companies. Um, we just finished our first last week where the candidate and the company never met face to face. It was all virtual. So he is now going to be taking his family to a new city to be CFO of an entity, um, having never visited that city to live there or to go and meet the clients. So the ability to both work virtually and execute virtually um, has greatly increased to something I thought we, we all thought we'd get there. But it means that you're going to have a more dispersed workforce and which would also offer greater flexibility to go ahead and do that. The other part you're going to see an industry overall is, is obviously the air has been much cleaner across the globe for the first time ever. There, there's no experiment that could have simulated what just happened with the huge decrease in demand and energy consumption due to the economic slowdown that's happening across the world. And I think that's going to create an acceleration in the effort to try to go ahead and get back to that as quickly as possible. Again, an event that'll take quarters, years, or maybe a decade or two, but that's going to happen sooner than we thought because people have now seen what it can be like if we move to less hydrocarbon consumption and either less consumption overall or um, greener forms of energy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a really good good point. The uh, you know decrease in demand, you know, it's, it's good for the environment perhaps, but you know maybe not so good for oil and gas businesses. <laughs> Yeah. But um, so 
talking about that and the changes you've seen with remote work, um, do you think those are changes that you're gonna that we are going to continue to see? Is that something that's gonna persist? Do you think to, into the future that it's just gonna become more acceptable? You know, not to travel for work, to you know, work from home or um, not make that business trip? Uh, undoubtedly, yes, and we're already seeing it. We've been holding a series of CHRO roundtables. We just get a dozen together at a time to talk about the changes and what's going on and so forth. And what's happened in that is the one thing they've all said, and they're all generally generationally 45 plus. So of, of a certain generation, 45 to 60, is they said, listen, whatever excuses we made in the past to the younger generation of not wanting to work at home, not being productive, the necessity for congregation, exchange of ideas face-to-face, that's all gone out the window, they said. We've shown that we can continue our business effectively remotely, so that is only going to accelerate our movement to that, and people finding that there is an amazing amount of stuff you can get done by not having to hop on a plane or not having to physically go ahead and get together. So that will undoubtedly, and they're now trying to establish policies, procedures, and other guidelines to enable people to potentially, quite a few of them just never come back to work. They would just work from home. Wow. Yeah, that's, I mean, I know there's a lot of people who always said they wanted, you know, wanted to work from home. And I wonder, you know, do are they still feeling that way or you know, is it just a frustration that people would rather get back to work and see their colleagues and you know, I, I think it's it's just a big change that we're all going to have to adapt to and and uh, with probably some ups and some downs to it. And in the end, we're going to end up where you would imagine that is with neither of the extremes. We're just going to end up with some that will be home, but even the ones home still want to get in now and then. So the need for real estate, the need for an office anymore, the hoteling and more cooperative type space. Um, our companies, I think, are because many people still desire to have some of that, but that many folks have shown, and I truly think people are working harder at home than they were in the office or more productive for sure. What's neat is some of our CHROs have show, talked about ways they can tell the folks that aren't being productive and they want them to come back into the office and so forth, but not that they can't learn those techniques over time too. So there's a variety of ways that they can move to that more quickly. Mm. So speaking of people and being in the workplace, um, what implications does this have for career people in oil and gas? We've got 38 million unemployed people in America, according to the news, which is uh, just, you know, unbelievable. And I know there's a lot of people worried about jobs and um, wondering about career transitions or what's going to happen to their job. Can you speak to that and, and what have you been seeing? Yeah, well, the first advice I have, if you have a job, stay in it. Mm-hmm. Ride the storm, if you, energy, ride the storm out, basically, because unfortunately there will be less positions, not more, because again, it's an accelerant. Most people had thought, COVID is, that most people had thought there would be a consolidation in the energy hydrocarbon side, at least, and this is only going to accelerate. That'll happen over time because the accident called COVID is still happening and it's in slow motion. So the results or outcomes to that will only be seen in third and fourth quarter in any major impact. So there will be less people for others. And kind of what I teach the kids at the Jones School is um, that if you're on the hydrocarbon side, don't get me wrong, you've probably got a job for the rest of your life in one form or another, but you're in what will be seen as a declining industry. 
again, at least in popularity and uh, also market attention because the S&P energy companies now represent only 2.9% of the S&P, the lowest it's ever been. It used to be double digits over a decade ago. So literally, Apple is bigger than every any public every public energy company's market cap combined, one wow. company. So what's happened is is you're going to lose the public presence of the significance of energy, which is disappointing because unfortunately it's essential to everything we do in the world. Brings millions of people out of poverty every year, is showing as you bring energy and power and the ability for that. Besides the health benefits um, to various countries around the world, but that said, that it's energy. It's energy is not just hydrocarbons. We, we are in the hydrocarbon era that is now on the decline for those other reasons, not demand, but for the other reasons, returns, uh, ESG and things like that. There is a whole new energy sector that's evolving on the power side, on the battery side, on the solar side, on the wind side, on and offshore and so forth. Many of those skill sets still apply there. It's important that Houston continue to go ahead and be the place where that innovation comes from and those jobs exist because many of those transfer over. And as I've told other students, you're also in a situation where the infrastructure world, which is basically the people that build the airports, the roads, go ahead and deal with ports for shipping and also other utility type services like midstream oil and gas, like electric and gas utilities, there's other areas like that you can move into. And we have seen many people and actually personally have taken folks from the energy industry, move them into the infrastructure world, which is a growing area in need of support and repair. And the skill sets are very similar. So that there's an infrastructure step out many people can do that are interested. And we actually see more and more infrastructure funds opening uh, offices here in Houston. It started with just their midstream people. And now they're bringing in people that know, know power, people that know ports, people that go ahead and know uh, communications and uh, some of the digital investments that they make so that it's another growth area where you could literally change jobs and not have to move. And we see that trend continuing. Wow. So, yeah, that's that's really interesting. And, you know, I know we recent, you know, it wasn't that long ago that we had the downturn back in 2015. And, you know, I know people were, concerned then and a lot of people lost their jobs and and it hasn't been that many years and this is you know happening again <laughs> so um it's really you know good to to think about and look at you know is there you know places that people can move and and that's a really good point so what would you say must new leaders in energy have to thrive in business going forward so um, as we hire executives into C-suite teams and also board members, some of the biggest things we're learning now is this change was happening already on the hydrocarbon side. Uh, and again, let me reemphasize, hydrocarbons are going to be around for decades to come. It's not. But what happens is COVID is now going to shorten that time even more as we go ahead and move to greener forms of energy. And what that means is, is that the energy industry is going to become much more diverse, and that is other industries, other technologies are going to be playing into the energy business. And what that means is the executive has to pull their field of vision from just the hydrocarbon world and direct competitors and markets they work in to look across the entire energy, I mean, the industry spectrum energy first renewables, those kind of things, and then broader industries. 
because what changed also from the public company side and also from the private was growth for gross sakes and growing reserves and bringing on debt to do that every year doesn't work anymore. Those investors have vacated the energy market, which is why the hydrocarbon side, which is why it's shrunk to just 2.9%. But at the same time, they now have to compete with every other industry on living within cash flow, making real returns, not destroying capital. And that's a different skill set than many of them were raised on. So what we've seen in some of our analysis of looking at top management and energy companies, diversity and skill sets and backgrounds is it's generally been led by technical people. And the technical people going forward may not be the ones leading and that it could be geologists, geophysicists, or petroleum engineer types. And rather you may find people with more rounded energy operating supply chain, industrial operations type backgrounds and also more, folks more financially minded that have worked in companies where it all is about return on investment, living within cash flow, better balance of management, a balance sheet and things like that. And that requires lessons learned from other industries and people from those other industries. And then the other big one is on the hydrocarbon side of energy is they are front and center on the global stage now. And there's not a united view on how people should view hydrocarbons because there's many good things hydrocarbons does, especially the natural gas side of it. So they're going to have to be much better, what we call uh, diplomats in spreading the word and getting the story out and talking to others of what we do, how we do, and what the benefits are of what we do and how it can be done responsibly. So, yeah, I agree. I think, you know, education is a big part of it. And uh, actually with, we talked a little about that with our last guest, um, you know, just that public opinion can tend to be negative towards oil and gas. And at the same time, people want to drive their cars and heat their homes and uh, you know, use plastics and do all of the wonderful things that come from petroleum products. So, uh, yeah, I think that's a really good point is, uh, just education and, you know, letting people know all of the good things that come out of the oil and gas industry. Yeah. We're very much more exposed to the rest of the world. So we, we need to create the soapbox to stand on first and then make sure we get the message out in a positive way. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for answering those couple of questions, David. Uh, I also wanted to ask you, do you have any books or resources that you could recommend to our listeners today? Yeah, I was going to say, and it's more geared towards someone in our industry, but it's a life lesson that can be learned with bunch. There is a book out that I read not too long ago called Blink, which deals, I don't know if you're familiar with it, but deals with uh, intuition and going ahead and improving your EQ and reading people, which is a huge part of our job. But it's the same thing in looking at a business strategy or a decision at any time. And I found it very helpful and instructive. And in the end, it helps you to kind of get to know your gut and more importantly, trusting your gut and intuition when to and when not to. By looking at examples of people, uh, many of them well-known who have done that for years and been able to go ahead and advance themselves. So very interesting read and very helpful, especially during these changing times where it is very murky as to how this is going to play out and what would be the right path to take and so forth. So it's one I would recommend. Okay. Thank you so much for that. I will check it out for sure. Good. Uh, so thank you so much, David. It's been a pleasure having you on. Are there any last thoughts you'd like to share with our listeners? No, just that, I mean, we are going through a dark period for our industry that it's going to take a while to work out. 
We have always been through cycles in energy. This is another cycle, but it is different. The industry fundamentally changed in 2015 when crude came from triple digits down to single digits. And the hydrocarbon age has still got a, a ways to run, but unfortunately is in secular decline. So we'll continue to have these cycles and we will cycle out of this a year or two from now. We may be talking a totally different market. But at the end of the day, that change going on is something that I think people early in their career need to keep in mind because it will be happening probably at a more rapid pace than we thought. Yeah, I know it's it's probably a real challenge for especially new graduates coming out into this climate climate of all kinds, you know, in all industries. It's just a, a challenging time. But again, thank you, David, for joining us on the show. Uh, it's been a pleasure and uh, hope to keep in touch. And also thank you to all of our listeners on the Oil and Gas Business Builders podcast and keep an eye out for the next exciting episode. Thanks a lot. Thanks, Laura. Stay well. You too. Thanks for listening to Zebra Marketing Solutions Oil & Gas Business Builders Podcast. Join our Oil & Gas Business Builders groups on LinkedIn and Facebook and see our videos on YouTube and on OGBBmedia.com. Visit ZMSEnergyMarketing.com to learn more about how we can help you and your business design and implement a marketing strategy to retain and attract customers, grow revenues, and gain market share. Join us on the next episode for more great takeaways from business builders who are leading the way in the energy sector.